A fabringen, in Yiddish a term meaning a joyous gathering, but it's really so much more. It's insight, it's inspiration, it's the bottom line. Join Rabbi Levi Avtson, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. for the Fabringen, only on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson. And it's good to be here with you on this Tuesday. It's been quite a break we've had in the last... hmm, six weeks, and I hope that you manage to find some rest and holiday and some sense of renewal in a world that seems to not offer us the gift of renewal, Um, very much back into the world that we were, and that's really where I want to go today in our show, but first of all, once again, welcome this is the Fabrengen Show. My name is Rabbi Levi Yatsen of Linksfield Shoal. And I believe this is our seventh or eighth year um, on the radio. And it's a privilege to once again start off. And please God be able to share some thoughts and inspiration. As always, you can tweet at FM, share your thoughts, or you can email me at leviyatsen at gmail.com. You can tell me um, if you want to share anything live or after the show. Feel free to send any feedback you have. So one of the thoughts that's really, really, really um, been on my mind as we start this new year is the struggle of renewal in our time. You know, when you usually start a new year, secular year, a Hebrew year, you approach the year with a sense of freshness. Earlier today I was telling somebody, you know, I want to lose weight, and I forgot that it's the beginning of the year. So he tells me, okay, Rabbi, there goes your New Year resolution. I was like, oh, yeah, really, it is New Year resolution, although that wasn't my intention, but, yeah, New Year resolution. And, yes, most New Year resolutions don't work out, but there's still something beautiful about the freshness, the new that comes with new beginnings. And as we start this year, many are feeling a lack of that freshness. Many are feeling a lack of renewal. It's like deja vu. We're at at it again. Zelda Misa, the same story. We're still not shaking hands, and we're still walking around with masks, and we're still having... uh, you know, the COVID, and unfortunately, we had a second wave. Thank God it seems to be peeling out a bit, but obviously we still have to be so, so cautious. It's feeling like we're re-entering the exact same world with very little freshness. America put in a new president. That's a bit new. Um, politics has become boring again. <laughs> I guess that's new. Um, but on the most part, yeah, it's, it's very, very sane. So the question is, can we find any inspiration for newness in this time? And like always, you could look into the calendar, to the Jewish calendar, to look for inspiration. Nothing is by coincidence. Even a calendar that was set up thousands of years ago, if a certain date 
takes place at a certain time, it's obviously there to teach us a lesson. So the fact that today is Tuesday, the 13th of Shvat, and tomorrow night is the 15th of Shvat, Wednesday night and Thursday, tells us that there's something that we could learn from this mini Chag, this small holiday that we have this week, which although it's not celebrated in big form like Pesach or Hanukkah or Rosh Hashanah, nevertheless, its lesson is huge. Its lesson is big. And that's really what I want to explore today, is what can the day of Tu B'Shvat or Chamish Asar B'Shvat, the 15th of Shvat, what can it teach us? But before we do that, we have to actually explore what is it? What is the day of the 15th of Shvat? So we're told that on the 15th of Shvat, we celebrate the New Year for trees. In the Northern Hemisphere, and all the Chagim, all the Jewish holidays, the calendar follows the Northern Hemisphere where the Holy Land is. This time of the year is when winter starts, you know, its long goodbye, and a new sprouting begins. Very, very small, tiny. Remember, it's, you know, end of January, early February, and winter really only comes to an end at the end of February in the Northern Hemisphere. But nevertheless, it's it's the beginning. And you start seeing around this time of the year a little life after many months where there's no life on the trees, you start seeing a tiny amount of life. And that's what the 15th of Shabbat commemorates, the beginning. Obviously, there's a long way till there's fruit to be eaten, you know, seasonally. But nevertheless, it's the beginning. And we're celebrating the beginning of something. So it's the Rosh Hashanah of trees, just like Rosh Hashanah of the human beings, which is the day that Adam and Eve were created, celebrates their potential, not their accomplishments, because that's when they were born, not when they accomplished anything. So too, the trees, we celebrate their potential, not their accomplishments. So on this 15th of Shvat, the custom is we eat some of the fruits that Israel is blessed with, our holy land, we eat figs and dates and olives and grapes, pomegranates, and some people have a custom to eat carobs and various other fruits that people eat, but it's a fruity day, very green. Okay, wonderful, so we eat fruits, mazel tov. You ate a date, you ate an olive, big deal. But nothing in Judaism is so simplistic. When we're saying it's Rosh Hashanah of trees, what, why are we celebrating the Rosh Hashanah of trees? Very nice that the trees are starting to sprout again. What's the message to me? But more importantly, what's the message to me in 2021, in lockdown, in a world that's still, you know, grappling heavily with, with COVID? I was just reading on the news that Israel in the last 24 hours lost over 100 people to COVID. It's, you know, it's still very much real. So, where is the lesson? Where's the message? How do we find inspiration? Because that's really what we're all trying to grapple, trying to, you know, hold on to is some, just give me some inspiration. We need something to keep us going during this time. So, before we go into that, as always, I'd love to um, play a song for you. 
the reason I believe so much in songs more than words is because have you noticed that you could listen to the same song 50 times, but you cannot listen to the same speech even once? <laughs> There's something about music that um, does an incredible job. So that's really what you know I want to share with you is music, because music will do a much better job at inspiring than um, words can ever can can ever you know even attempt. Earlier we played the song of dreams come true because I believe that in the time that we're living in now we need um, the ability to dream. But this following song is in Hebrew. It's a Yishai we brought together with Amir Dadon singing Amir Dadon's magnificent song Livchor Nachon to choose correctly live at Caesarea at Caesarea. This is 101.9 Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Arson. Enjoy the music. Amir Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, I hope you enjoyed that music. When will we be able to choose, when will we learn to choose correctly? Oh gosh, that song hits me every single time to be able to choose. As we mentioned earlier, we're two days before the 15th of Shvat, Tuba Shvat, and we're trying to find inspiration from this mini Chag that's taking place in less than 48 hours to help us during this time. Because what does Tuba Shvat really resemble? It, it, it symbolizes the idea of new trees, new renewal. And yet when you look at the tree at this time of the year, in the Northern Hemisphere in the winter, you're not going to see much renewal. On the contrary, it's barely, barely beginning its journey to new leaves and new trees, new life. And for me, that hits home. See, often we think of new beginnings of something like the birth of a baby. But maybe there's another way of thinking of it, and that is the beginning of pregnancy. There's nine months for it to, for the embryo to fully form. And it's all, you know, something that the naked eye cannot see. But at the right time, it sprouts forth 
and a beautiful baby joins this world. We often struggle to see things beyond the surface, beneath the surface. A perfect example is the politics of our time. Like people are shocked, and it shocks me to hear that people are shocked by how nasty politics can get. But the truth is, it's a long time coming. It was there the whole time. It just takes a while for things to sprout out into the open. Most of us, as human beings, live with what's happening. Let let me explain what I mean. You know, you turn on the news. The news cycle doesn't tell you about trends. It doesn't tell you, you know, what's happening beneath the surface. It tells you this is what's happening. So most of us live in a reality of whatever is happening on the surface is reality, and nothing beyond that is really much going on. But the truth is that there are so many things taking place. I remember already in the early 2000s, just when the iPhone came out and the technology was taking over, Facebook was new, even Google wasn't, you know, didn't have its bar mitzvah yet. And I remember talking to a friend and, and like we're chatting together and I remember like that feeling that there is going to come a backlash to this huge, huge, overwhelming overhaul of our lives that took place to, to technology. I just don't know when and I don't know how. And I remember like when I used to read the news of them saying, wow, Facebook is bringing us all together and Google is just giving us access to all information. I remember, again, I, I, I'm not, I couldn't articulate what the issue was, but just from my little knowledge of history, I knew that when you move too quickly from one direction to the next, there's always a backlash. I, I would never have expected that the backlash, you know, would be security, that, you know, Facebook is selling our data, or the backlash that happened a few weeks ago when WhatsApp made their announcement and everybody started, you know, going crazy. I started getting messages, Rabbi, if you want to communicate with me in WhatsApp from February, it's going to be on other programs, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not here to comment whether it's a storm in a teapot or it's, it's real. But the point is that the backlash happened. And everyone's like, but, but, but why? But how? But it was inevitable. Think about it in hindsight. A business goes from zero to hero in one year. Facebook was only founded in the early 2000s. Within a few years, it's a multi-billion dollar company. The guy who runs it, and I'm not an ageist because he's the guy who runs it is just a few months older than me, um, but he started his company in his young 20s. I don't think he, he really thought about the moral consequences. Not that an older person necessarily would, but I would suspect that they would be a little more cautious of certain things. So, you know, opens a, a, a business which takes over the world. Don't think through the ramifications. Within a short amount of time, it has more people on its platform than any country on earth. Do you not think that it's going to lead to a backlash? Do you not think that something that quick would reach to, you know, go to that? Same thing with the politics of our time. With income inequality, with a lot of biases that people have that they're not willing to address, with, you know, demagogues screaming on all sides of the political spectrum, hateful rhetoric. Is it not inevitable 
that politics will become this messy. Now, yes, it's easy to say hindsight 2020. But the truth is, even if you don't know what is going to happen, you can see the trends. For example, we're living that now in COVID. None of us know what ramifications COVID will have to us in 2030. But we can assume that there will be ramifications, and the ramifications will be in mental health. The ramifications will be in mistrust, because unfortunately, whenever the world goes through a tragedy, it, it exasperates divisions and xenophobias already shown that anti-Semitism is going much higher because of it. It will change the face of face-to-face, you know, with even though most of us are feeling totally zoomed out. But nevertheless, technology has become a part of our lives in a way it hasn't before. And it will change things. The point is that sometimes the best way to find inspiration even when things seem a bit bleak, is to look a little deeper than the surface and ask, what's being born right now? What things are being born into the future? How is the world changing? Now, I just brought examples of maybe things that aren't that positive, but there's a lot of positivity as well. People are learning or being forced to learn how to to live at home and not escape everything. People, not everybody, are being forced to become more conscious about health, distance, respecting spaces. People are becoming more conscious about what we eat. You know, one person ate a bat and took the world upside down. And again, there's millions and millions of things, and many of the things that you know come to my mind are not the things that come to other people's mind. But a lot of things are being born in this time. And just like the 15th of Shvat, you look at the tree, you don't see much of what's being born, but you know that it is sprouting. Something is happening under that tree in its roots. It's something amazing is happening. And very soon, in just a short amount of time, you will see the fruit blossoming on this tree. So too now, although we live in COVID and, you know, it feels so deja vu and repetitious and Groundhog Day or whatever synonym you want to use, we can also choose to look a little deeper in the service and say, what's being born over here? And we don't know all the answers. We might not know any full answer. But just that self, just that itself offers you deep Meaning. I'll give you a very personal example. Um, two weeks ago, I commemorated my father's second yard site. And when my father passed away, obviously, in the moment, all I could feel is an intense tragedy. And although the pain is always there, slowly the pain, you know, wasn't taking its center stage the way it was at the beginning. And new things suddenly started sprouting. And I started recognizing within myself some, I won't, I, I, it's hard for me to call it blessings, but it is blessings that came forth within me from that tragedy. A new empathy, a new ability to 
see people in their pain. An understanding of, of life that I've never had until I tasted death, etc., etc. Point is that every moment in our life, whether it's a beautiful moment or a tragic moment, beneath the surface, there is a whole new sprouting taking place. So there's two dimensions. There's dimension of what I'm feeling and what I'm going through and what I think is the event, and then there's something else that's slowly shifting within me. Paradigms are shifting. We are changing. 2020 is changing us. We could decide if the changes will be positive or negative. We could decide what to do with the energy of that change. But we are being changed, and unless we take conscious agency on our changes, we will be changed in ways that we might not like. And for me, that's what worries me about the time, is the world is being shifted so hugely. But unless we're mindful about how we are being shifted in it and making sure that we only allow ourselves to be shifted in positive ways, not negative ways, we could find ourselves at the end, heaven forbid, very, very, you know, less than what we were. Not gained, but lost. We could decide, for example, if the times that we're living in is teaching us to be better family people, or unfortunately, as the statistics have shown, more divorces and more domestic violence. I'm not saying that's by everybody. Many people have told me personally that their relationships have been enhanced during this time, but many it hasn't. Because here's the fact. The fact is we were forced at home, and we are spending more time at home. We're not going out to social events our evenings are quieter than they've ever been. You know, when I moved from New York to Joburg, I discovered that evenings can be spent at home, but there was still a drop of nightlife. Then COVID took off, and like whatever nightlife Joburg did have was like totally taken out. And then what? What's being born? A new appreciation of spending time at home each night? Or a new appreciation of Netflix? What's being born? Again, it's something's been handed to us, a challenge, a huge challenge, but with infinite possibilities of what it could be born, what it could give birth to. And only we can nurture that tiny seedling into the tree that it will turn into. Only you and I can take agency over the potential that this time has offered us to decide whether we will allow um, it, will, will allow it to help us grow, or have we forbid the opposite? One of the biggest and most life-threatening mysteries, this is an ad, is how the virus causes silent hypoxia, a condition when oxygen levels in the body are abnormally low. Through the administration of concentrated oxygen, whilst in pressure, pressurized hyperbaric environment, oxygenate assists in reverting this and creating. Hyperoxia, a state in which oxygen supply is excessive. Fast track your recovery from long-term COVID effects. Contact number 086-099-5288. This is 101.9 High FM. High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton on 101.9 High FM. 
101.9 Chai FM, this is Rabbi Levi Yatsin, and we've been talking about some of the messages that we can take from the 15th of Shvat and allow it to inspire us. And we, we spoke about the idea that just like a tree at this time of the year that we celebrate the beginning of the Rosh Hashanah of trees in the Northern Hemisphere, you don't see much sprouting, but you know that things are going on underground and eventually it will turn into the most delicious and nutritious fruit. So too, we're living in a time right now that most of what's going on is going on underground. In other words, changes are happening in, in, in who we are. We're living through transformative times. There's no question that COVID is going to be one of those events of before and after. And if you study history, and I believe that studying history is so important, um, like to really understand the patterns of history, Jewish history and general history. Um, to be able to see, like, you know, if you study history, you see that these events, they change people. They have huge ramifications, and often the ramifications are only seen a long time after, and often these changes are abused by radicals. In other words, they'll take it and they'll convince people to become more radicalized. And you see it now. You see, um, I don't know if you're following in America, like this crazy group of people called QAnon. Um, just one example of a bunch of people, I believe, you know, till a year or two ago, they never even heard of this nonsense. And now they start believing in the most ridiculous conspiracies. And that's what happens when the world goes into lockdown and you stop interacting, and people go into poverty, and they're looking for somebody to blame, conspiracies flourish. And unfortunately, we see it in, 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 in many communities around the world and locally, where not necessarily do these times bring out the best in us. They, they exasperate fears and paranoias and conspiracies. But that is why it is so important to make sure that we don't allow ourselves to fall into the pit, to fall into the COVID mindset. You could live through COVID without adopting the COVID mindset. When I mean COVID mindset, I'm not talking about an objective mindset. I'm saying that the mindset that unfortunately has taken over people, a pessimism, a paranoia, a conspiracy, um, you know, perspective on life, a terrible distrust, um, a dejection, etc., etc., etc. That we don't have to buy into. On the contrary, we shouldn't. Yes, we're living through a long-term problem, and we don't necessarily know how this will end. I mean, we know that one day, please God, Mashiach will come. Please God, it be today. But we don't know exactly, you know, what happens until that moment that God decides to take us out of exile. What happens? How will this play out in our lives? We don't know. But just because we don't know doesn't mean we now have to adopt a mindset that unfortunately is you know, rampant. I just got back not too long ago from the United States. I um, went to visit family. And one of the things that hit me when I was, you know, spent time there, and most of the time I was there, I was just in lockdown. Um, pretty much at home, 
but even just like chatting to people on the phone or meeting family who came over, you slowly realize that people are being changed by this. Again, I've only went through COVID during in South Africa, so I've only seen you know one little perspective. But in America, together with the radical politics that's taking place, you see literally the country shifting. I just felt it every moment I was there. Like I grew up there. I lived the first 25 years of my life in that country, and it's like shifted unbelievably in a year. The last time I was there was a year before, but like in one year, the country shifted dramatically. Because that's what's happening. We are being shifted. And the problem is most of the shifts we see are, are not great, I'll be honest, are, are, are not beautiful to witness. Stubborn thinking, you know, smaller thinking, polarized thinking, etc., etc., etc. Again, a lot of beauty going on as well, an incredible amount of chesed, incredible amount of kindness, Incredible amount of generosity, and the frontline workers have, and the, our medical teams around the world have shown a, a beautiful side that, although we knew how dedicated they are, we didn't appreciate it. There's no question that there's been a lot of positive, but a lot of the negative is not COVID's fault. It's what we're allowing COVID to do to us. We're allowing it to change the way we think. We're allowing it to make us different people than what we were two years ago. Now, if we allow it to make us different people than what we were for the positive, the mazel tov, you know, power to you. But the question is, is it? What, what's it doing to us? Ask yourself, 12, year, 12 months later, have you become more pessimistic? From 1 to 10, where were you last year? Where are you today? Have, has your marriage grown? Has your relationships with your children grown? 1 to 10. Has your sense of self gone up or down and have an honest look at yourself because what, what worries me about myself again I'm, I, I, I can't claim to know what's going on in other people's heart but even myself is that when I look at some of these numbers the, the, the numbers are not impressive things that you know maybe were perfect before but are now worse off and yes we can have all the good excuses the lockdown and COVID and the fear and the vaccine and the government and corruption and every excuse in the world but excuses are, don't help in life do they as one person one time said excuses are the way losers justify to themselves why they're losers sorry for the bluntness of it but that's but yeah that's what it is it's Excuses doesn't make the loser into a winner. It just makes the loser feel better being a loser. So the question of our time is not really, what, you know, what excuse can I find for why I become negative? And what excuse can I find for why, you know, my relationships aren't the way they should be? But rather, instead saying, no, 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 okay, yes, it's difficult. But can I allow something else to grow out of this time? Can I allow a more beautiful tree to grow rather than what's growing in me currently. Those are some of my thoughts as coming into the 15th of Shvat. We'll be back in just a moment after this break. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avton on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Rabbi Levi Aftson wrapping up the show. Um, 
just before I play this song by Yishai Ribo, as you can tell if you've listened to my, the music we've been playing the past year, I've become quite a fan of his music. The song in Hebrew, Ketam Melucha, was written in, during COVID and very much a reflection of what, God, what are you trying to tell us? What are you trying to teach us during this time? Because really that's what we're supposed to be. During this time, instead of allowing ourselves to become people that we wouldn't admire two years ago, we can allow what we're going through to bring out the best in us. Just like a tree, sometimes of the year it looks dull and dry, but you give it time and it grows the most magnificent fruit. We can allow this time that we're living in, which might for some of us feel a bit dry and repetitious and uninspiring, we can allow it to help us give birth to something amazing. That when we look back at this time in our life, yes, we will feel some of the pain, but we'll also have incredible pride in how we allow this time to make us a better version of ourselves. Because that's really the call of the hour. To make sure that by the end of this year, we don't finish it the way we finished 2020 with just cynicism and, um, you know, not for all of us, but many of us, a cynicism, a bleakness. But rather that by the end of this year, we look back and we're more optimistic than we ever were and more positive than we ever were and more focused than we ever were and more value-based than we ever were. Because friends, if we allow this time to be wasted on us, then how possibly can we find meaning in everything we're going through? This is 101.9 Chai FM, and we finish off with the beautiful music of Yishai Ribo, Ketem Melucha. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtsin. Have a great week. Chai FM, your station of choice since 2008.